This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, this is Flip Gordon. CBB Chris Van Fleet. This is Liam O'Rourke, author of Crazy Like a Fox. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell, yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. All right, guys. Here we go. Episode 126. Top Rope Nation had some technical difficulties here on the live feed. I think we got it squared away. We are back. Here I am, Ryan Drosty, cold and all, if you can't tell, my voice is completely thrashed, but I'm ready to talk WWE Royal Rumble this Sunday night coming at us on the WWE Network. We got Worlds Collide on Saturday night. We've got a lot to talk about in the world of wrestling. We're going to hit on all of that. And of course, Kyle's patented deep dive of the week. Kyle, I'm pumped about this. I'd say the Royal Rumble is my second favorite WWE pay-per-view of the year so there was no way I was going to miss doing this live show with you tonight whether or not my voice is all the way there or not how's it going over in Cleveland by the way oh it's going okay and I can only assume your favorite is great balls of fire (laughs) that was you know what back on the podcast when that event happened what was that 2017 we yeah, we kind of bashed it, but you know what? I was able to play Jerry Lee Lewis on one of our podcasts, and uh, I got to say, it was it was pretty fun. So I can't complain too much. That was that was a memorable show name. We'll all remember it. <laughs> yes, that's for sure. So uh, I got to thank the live viewers, guys. If you are listening with us here tonight, appreciate that. We are live as we've been doing the last several weeks uh, on our YouTube page. You can join us each and every week over at youtube.com slash Nation, And uh, this week we're trying something else out new. We're also live on our Facebook page. Uh, so we got two live streams going. Hopefully we got a few more people joining us this week than usual for the live feed. And hey, if you're listening on the podcast version on Friday or this weekend, getting ready for the Royal Rumble, Join us next week. Head on over to the uh, YouTube page or Facebook. Subscribe. Make sure you hit the alerts button on YouTube so whenever we go live, you get an alert and uh, you don't miss it. Uh, Someone who is missing it this week, our other sidekick here on Top Rope Nation, Justin Joint. I think he might be uh, 30,000 feet up in the air right now. He's headed down south, Kyle, to where the Top Rope Nation crew first met up in person, New Orleans, Louisiana. So, uh, Justin... Hope you're having a good time. Maybe you'll check in here. Uh, maybe send us a text message while we're on the air tonight. I know I'm jealous, Kyle. I'm going to make fun of Finn Balor at least three times with Justin out here. <laughs> the resident Finn Balor, Mark, is, yeah. is not going to be happy about that. 
By the way, I'm retelling this joke in light of the technical problems. <laughs> Unlike Bret Hart, you know, who couldn't show up with that 100 and whatever degree fever in 92, you're powering through. My hat's off to you. But... That's right, man. That's right. I'm not giving up the IC title. I'm no. ready to go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I you mean... may walk onto another podcast with it, right? <laughs> wasn't, that, <laughs> wasn't that the rumor? Brett was going to show yeah. up at the Clash? Yeah. Maybe I'll show up on our uh, buddies over at Matt Men sometime. Just show up. Show <laughs> <laughs> My God, he doesn't even work here. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually talking with uh, Andrew Zarian, by the way, about uh, getting him on the show tonight. We couldn't work it out, but. Uh, Looking to have Andrew come back on the show sometime again real soon. Check out the guys at Matt Men. They do an awesome podcast each and every week. In fact, they already did their Royal Rumble preview show a couple of days ago. So uh, check it out. Uh, checking in live here in the chat room tonight, we've got Jake Elliott, longtime supporter of Top Rope Nation. Referencing our technical difficulties, Kyle, he says, I think Vince is trying to silence TRN. He's had enough of Kyle's hot takes. Yeah, it might be honest. Wouldn't something. surprise me. It's either it's either him or Joe Biden. They're all working against me. <laughs> Jake says he always misses Justin. Gotta agree. Uh, Justin's mm-hmm. a good man. Always brings a lot to the show. He brings the realist takes to Top Rope Nation, but uh, sober realism. Yeah, <laughs> that is what someone said one time. Guys, yes. if you're on YouTube right now uh, during the live show. If you hit the subscribe button, if you're not already subscribed on YouTube, you make a little sweet little animation pop up on the screen. Um, also, if you look down in the video description on YouTube, there is a link to our Streamlabs page. If you want to support the show, you can leave us a tip on there. That will also trigger an animation here in the video feed. If you're watching on Facebook, I'll try to check in on the comments on there too and read them on the air um, as we go. Uh, but everything's kind of built in here on the YouTube feed. And uh, speaking of leaving a tip, guys, the best way to support Top Rope Nation is to head on over to patreon.com slash Nation. And in fact, two nights ago, Justin, yes. Kyle, and myself, we did something a little new. I think it was the ninth or 10th edition of Top Rope Nation Classics, which is our Patreon-exclusive podcast. And uh, Kyle, tell them about what we did. Well, as always, Top Rope Nation Classics, we go back and look at the days of yesteryear in this great sport, and we took a special look at the 1990 Royal Rumble, which occurred 30 years ago to the date, and what made this one special, Ryan, was we did a watch-along. We all uh, fired up the award-winning WWE Network at the same time and watched the Rumble together and commented on it. I thought it turned out quite well, Um, and people should check it out. Sign up, patreon.com. Listen to it. It's easy listen, just like the match is an easy watch. It's an easy, good, and we hope informative listen for all the folks out there. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you're joining us right there live um, as we watch it. We're all together in the same room watching the 1990 Royal Rumble. We've never done anything like that before, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I think we'll maybe do that again in the future. I know patron of the show, Derek Chappelle. He was watching it earlier today. He commented to me and uh, was enjoying the broadcast. So, yeah, you can get that and all the other exclusive shows we've done over on that Patreon page, patreon.com slash Nation, and um, get all the future shows. And when you join, you get a shout-out on the air here, and uh, we send you a free gift in the mail. So you can get all the details over on the website. And uh, the other plugs, of course, guys, if you're listening to the podcast version of the show, uh, hit that subscribe button wherever you are, wherever you're getting their podcast from. Apple Podcasts especially 
is really good for us, you know, getting new listeners and everything. So if you subscribe, you leave us a five-star rating, and if you read us a review, we'll read it on the air. And uh, also, Stitcher Radio, you can find us on there. You can find us on Spotify. Uh, The Podbean app is always a big one for us. We do a lot of downloads on Podbean. And uh, pretty much wherever podcasts are found, TopRopeNation.com has all the information. You got the links to all of our merch, the Patreon page, and everything like that. And uh, Kyle, by the way, we did have a new review come in on Apple Podcasts this week, a five-star. Oh, we did. Yes, we did. This is from Goff to Woods. He said, these guys followed me on Twitter a while back. I'm glad they did. Great weekly podcast. Uh, so thank you for the shout out. Thank you for the five star. As always, there, Goff to Woods. We appreciate it. So that said, Kyle, should we head to in the news? Why not? All right. All the latest wrestling news. Get behind the scenes inside a rental. All right, so in the news this week, there was some breaking news earlier today here on Thursday, and that is the fact that uh, the NXT Women's Championship will no longer be called the NXT Women's Championship. In fact, it will just be the NXT championships, removing the gender specifics from that. What were your initial takes on this, Kyle, when you heard about it? Either Becky Lynch was clued into it or they listened to her and made the decision rather quickly. Cause I think, didn't she say something like this on backstage on Tuesday? Yeah. Um, I think I did hear about that. Actually, I didn't catch it. I try to catch that show when I can, but I, I did not see that this week. Okay. Yeah. I, I'd seen, I, I didn't watch it live. I just known she made the comments. So I thought I was like, well, that was kind of a quick one, two punch. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. UFC does not refer to any of their women's champions as quote women's champions. Like it's just the UFC bantamweight champion ufc you know flyweight straw weight I, I i don't believe they have a women's designation either so yeah makes i mean it makes sense yeah i mean whatever okay sure yeah i mean it's not a huge thing i mean i don't think if people say you know call someone the women's champion they should be you know tarred and feathered by any <laughs> it uh stretch the imagination but yeah it was just uh, i guess kind of a logical thing to do yeah yeah um so what do you think they're going to do like with the men's title? Are they going to call it like the NXT Heavyweight Championship now instead? Uh, now with Adam Cole have... having it. <laughs> hey yo. Point taken. But I mean, how do, are we going to differentiate it at all? Or are they just going to refer to them as both the NXT Championship and that'll be that? What do you think? You have a WWE Champion and a World Heavyweight Champion. You know, well, I guess it's, you, know, you have the Universal Champion and the WWE Champion. I almost went back to our designations of 15 years ago, but... Um, you know, on the main roster, which is can be confusing for a casual viewer. I, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't really think it matters, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think it's a good move, though. You know, overall, it makes a lot of sense to do it this way. So um, otherwise, in the news, we wanted to kind of briefly hit on uh, the Wednesday night, Wednesday night wars this week that happened last night. So I was covering the Wednesday night wars for one point six million people. That's right. 
that never really, <laughs> you know, the the numbers may change between the two shows, but it's generally still that same 1.6 million people watch on a Wednesday, which is nothing to sneeze at. It's just, let's be honest, it's the same 1.6 million people watching every Wednesday. Yeah, although, I mean, the viewership has ticked up. For a while there, um, AEW was definitely going down in the viewership. I think they hit, what, 900,000 last week again. Uh, I think 800-some thousand this week. Going off the top of my head, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was it was over eight hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. They so they won they won in viewership again. There was that one week where NXT won. What was that going into the Survivor Series? Yes. Um, but overall, AEW's pretty much dominated. Um, I've been covering NXT on Wednesday nights the last few weeks. Usually over at ComicBook.com, where I write and cover the wrestling industry. I don't cover either Wednesday night show, but I've been subbing the last few weeks. Uh, one of our writers is on paternal leave so congrats to matt over there but uh i've been stepping in covering an nxt so it's been a little harder for me to watch AEW. uh i've been kind of doing the old channel flipping thing trying to do the two screen experience and all of that but uh i mean definitely paying more attention to nxt the last few weeks but i i would have to say i love that look of the AEW show i was tweeting about it over on my twitter account uh what do you think of the setup on the on the cruise ship for chris jericho's cruise yeah, for AEW, it was great. Uh, we talk about this, you and I, and Justin on the show all the time, how how just stale WWE TV looks sometimes. It's not that it's not impressive or that it looks bad. It just it's generally looked the same for 20 years. And, you know, when you do something like on a cruise, it just it just feels fresh. It just felt more exciting. The crowd certainly at the beginning of the program was really hyped up. And I think that kind of came through the TV, so to speak. So yeah, it was a good move. Um, it's something that they should not go overkill with, but you know, they're, they're already talking about, I guess Cody sent out a tweet that they're looking to do the show live next year, not tape it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's a great once a year endeavor and my hat's off to him for pulling it off. Cause it's not easy logistically. Yeah. No, I think I think yeah, it's definitely what makes AEW so interesting to me is just the different look of the show. Uh, when you watch it, you know, in the arenas every week, it just has a much different look than the WWE broadcast. The lighting's different. Um, just you know, the stage obviously is different. The way they shoot it's a little bit different. It's just it feels really fresh to me. Um, and so yeah, I liked seeing that different setting. It changes it up a little bit. Um, Jake in the chat room says AEW has sadly rarely been the better show, in my opinion. I would agree. Uh, we were scoring them at Comic Book the first, uh, God, what was it, like 10 weeks of the shows or something like that. And more often than not, I thought NXT was the better show. But uh, yeah, yeah, this it's, is like, it's been I, close, people, though. I think people lose their minds with this, you know, who won the week in the ratings, what show was better. I think both shows do an excellent job at serving their audiences. Um, I don't see, again, a lot of audience growth for either. You know, when one falls, it's just, you know, I think, for instance, this week, AEW was, what, down 69,000 people from the yeah. previous week. And guess what? NXT was up. Mm -hmm. 69,000 people. So, um, you know, I don't get I, I I always kind of come across watching these shows, whether I'm flipping back and forth or I watch one entirely and then watch another the next day. I always kind of feel it's six to one half a dozen of the other more weeks. Yeah. You know, like I, it's very rare when I'm like, oh, my God, this, you know, this was just an easy win for the one. I mean, a couple weeks ago, uh, AEW 
had that brutal first hour with Brandy and Dark Order back to back. Um, by the way, both of those acts were absent last night. Uh, and that was a bad show. And there was a couple other, you know, times AEW had, you know, kind of a weaker show. But, you know, overall, I, I, I never, I would say nine times out of ten, I don't want to say never, but nine times out of ten, I don't think either show, like one of the shows is like way better than the other one. I yeah, just don't. Yeah, they're pretty close. I when we were doing the the comparison, I always had kind of a hard time deciding which one I thought was better. I thought they were always Yeah. Yeah. So, um I think we just had a comment coming on the Facebook page. I think it was your buddy yeah. Greg. And the difference in viewership is you know, is is not that large. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's it, it's close, but obviously it's good for the world of pro wrestling. Um, I thought we didn't touch on this because we didn't do a show when it happened, but uh, AEW being extended to 2023, uh, there was a report that uh, that was making the WWE locker room awfully happy, which, of course, you should. It gives them better leverage with their contracts the longer AEW stays viable. So uh, good on AEW getting the renewal already with TNT. So clearly TNT is very happy with the numbers that they're drawing, and uh, that is definitely a good thing. Uh, what do yeah. you make? What'd you make of uh, Keith Lee winning the North American title in the main event on NXT? Were you thinking the title change was going to happen, or did you think they'd extend that win and maybe do like a rematch at TakeOver? Yeah, I definitely thought it was a possibility for a couple reasons. One, I know you and I were uh, in lockstep with this. There was definitely an argument for Keith Lee to win that triple threat match several weeks back, and be the guy to challenge Keith Lee or pardon me, Adam Cole and possibly beat him for the NXT title. Mm -hmm. When he didn't do that, you know, I think all of us here on the show were sitting like, come on, they got to do something with them. So he won the number one contender spot for the North American title. And it's like, you can't beat him in that spot. Certainly. So either it was going to be a BS finish that led to a rematch at takeover or they would do the title change on TV. They chose the latter. Um, I am not against it. I'll be very blunt with you. I think the gimmick of Undisputed Era holding all the titles had kind of run its course and was sort of boring. Yeah. I uh, so I was talking to a friend of mine at work earlier that, uh, that day, and he asked me if I thought they were going to do the title change. And I didn't. I mean, I, I thought they would probably do a rematch, some kind of gimmick match. Um, at Portland at takeover. And then that's where he'd win the title, but I'm, I'm not mad about it. I agree. I think it was time to do a, a switch. Keith Lee is the hot hand right now. And, uh, yeah, it made all the sense in the world, I think to, to get some gold on him. So, and that was not the only title change last night. No, uh, AEW switched the tag titles. That was a little more surprising. Yes. Oh, absolutely. With, uh, Adam page and Kenny Omega, uh, beating SCU for the tag titles. Uh, I thought that was a really good match. Um, and Adam Page is doing really good character work yes. right now. This whole, you know, when will he turn business? Because I think we it's patently obvious he will eventually. Um, I think the decision to have them win the titles and have and drag this out is a smart one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, you know, they were so heavy-handed at first with it. Like, oh, you know, they're not getting along. And... My first reaction was like, oh, this is very WWE-ish where you're heavy-handed and then like in two weeks they do the heel turn. 
Right. But they're not doing that. And I, I think that's the right call. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's all about timing. You want to do it at the right time, not just do it to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, in regards to the other title change, Greg in the chat says, Keith Lee winning any title equals money. I would agree. Big Keith Lee fan. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see if he's in the Rumble. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, I think we should probably jump right into it, Kyle. Any, anything okay. else you wanted to hit on uh, in the news before we get to the Royal Rumble? Uh, no, I'm real excited about going to AEW Dynamite next week. That uh, Darby Allen and Private Party are going to work. Uh, Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz texted my buddy. I'm going with them. Like, all right, Darby Allen and Private Party in a key spot. Yeah. <laughs> well, how are your seats for that show, by the way? They're all, they're pretty good. Okay. Nice. Well, apparently the the at first I was kind of kicking myself. I was like, you know, I was like, well, the building might be kind of empty and whatnot. But uh, apparently the advance is great, according to Meltzer. Best in Chicago. Is, so how big is that venue? How many does it seat, would you say, on a, like on average or close to? I'm terrible with that. I, I think I told you that it, it's at the home of Cleveland State, who's a Horizon League team. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. a little smaller than the Missouri Valley, mm-hmm. uh, which obviously is your neck of the woods. Um, Illinois-Chicago is in Cleveland State's conference. A couple thousand tops. Okay. I mean, it, it's not a, it, it is not, you know, anything close to the uh, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, the former Quicken Loans Arena and former Gund Arena, home of the Calves, mm-hmm. home of SummerSlam 96, among other uh, big wrestling events through the years. So, uh, but, you know, a packed house is better sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Agree. It just comes across better on TV. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'll look for you on TV, Kyle, and I'll maybe see you flying the Top Rope Nation colors at the show. Say hi to Kyle if you're there in Cleveland next week for AEW Dynamite. You know, I might be flying the hammer and the sickle. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) With that said, here we go. It's the WWE Royal Rumble. There's three people who would laugh at that joke, by the way. (laughs) Oh, man. That's bad. Okay. So, yeah, the Royal Rumble comes at us Sunday night. It starts the road to WrestleMania each and every year. They're at... Houston, Texas, at Minute Maid Park. It's in a baseball uh, venue, so they're gonna have a massive. Will there, crowd. Any, will there be any sign stealing at the 2020 Royal Rumble? Mm. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> Let's hope not. Let's hope the Astros are barred from from yeah, will there be any, like, you, you know, somebody's got to go there for cheap heat. Yeah, I'm and sure. God, yeah, and by God, it's got to be the great King Corbin. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think you're probably onto that one. I think you're right. That's probably what is going to happen. But um, yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's a show that on paper, you know, it looks pretty good. I think I think each rumble is kind of unpredictable. I mean, there's there's the rumors out there of who's going to win and everything, but I could see them going multiple directions. Uh, as we're going to get into here, I'm not sure we're going to see any title changes, but uh, we will get our direction for WrestleMania and probably some surprises as well. And before we jump into these matches, Kyle, I do got to mention our friends over at WrestleRumble.com. Yes. Uh, so WrestleRumble will be doing, once again, a pick'em contest for the Royal Rumble on Sunday night. You can win real hard cash entering the contest. Basically what you do is you go to WrestleRumble.com, you buy an entry, and uh, you make picks on all the matches, all kinds of picks, not just like who's going to win, but they have prop bets, things like that. Whoever earns the most points 
wins money. So I'm looking right here at the Royal Rumble contest. Uh, first place, $500. Second place, $100. Third place, $100. So, and then they, it looks like they're also doing a prop contest as well where you can win uh, Attitude Era replica title belt, uh, NXT UK replica title belt. So they got a ton of prizes. And uh, we do it constantly. Whenever they do these contests, myself, Kyle, and Justin, we always enter. Highly recommend it. Adds just a whole new dimension to watching the shows. Makes it a little more fun. You can trash talk your friends that are playing. You can try to beat our scores. They send out the score results uh, on email the next day. So check it out at WrestleRumble.com. And, By the uh, way, speak, speaking of the Attitude Era, it was just yeah. a few days ago or maybe over the weekend. Were you privy to any of that back and forth, like out of nowhere, that wrestling Twitter was having about, you know, the Attitude Era versus today? That got a little nauseating, I thought. I didn't. I did not see that. So you okay, know that. yeah, because some it started with somebody tweeted um, a picture. I think it was like a, of a match. A, a late, it was like late '98. Some random Raw main event. It was like Austin Rock, Undertaker, Kane, or something was involved. Like they're like you know, it was like uh, 22 years ago. This was a dream match, and they're like now they call this a dream match, and it was DIY versus Mustache Mountain from uh, this Saturday's When Worlds Collide show. And, you know, it just brought out the usual mouth breathers. Oh, that's bad. That's real bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like, mean, I'm, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of classic wrestling, but... I, know. I you know... Yeah, I know. It's it just... The correct take is the Attitude Era was absolutely more popular. But when people don't know, like... When people just generically say it's better... And they just rely on ratings and stuff. Well, yeah, you're just saying it was more popular. You know, better is an objective statement. You know, I'd like to hear some more subjective comments on why you think it's better, not just because it was more popular. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you had your once in a generation stars during that yeah, era, too. like Austin yeah, yeah, The Rock yeah. at the same time. But the cards as a whole, uh, compared to today, I think you got the more talented roster today, unquestionably. Yeah. So the booking is worse, but um today by far but uh yeah i I think you hit the nail on the head there i just wanted to bring that up here to see if you saw any of that yeah no i did not see i'm kind of glad i didn't so my blood pressure didn't get worked up while i was getting sick Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay so let's just jump into the matches do our predictions real quick here um so we've got looks like six uh matches outside of the two rumbles uh we've got andrade taking on humberto carrillo what do you think about this one, Kyle? It's for the uh, U.S. title. And you see a, a title change happening here? Uh, absolutely not. A uh, bit of logical matchmaking here, though. Um, I'll give him credit there. Goes back to, uh, what was it, a little over a month ago. Um, and it, when they had a gauntlet match and in a no contest, which was the opposite of logical booking, but that's okay. They're tying up that loose end here. Um, you know, that no contest was when, I think, what he... Uh, Andrade DDT'd Carrillo on the floor or something like that. Yeah. And so they're wrapping that up here. Uh, no, you're not doing a title change. Yeah, no way. So Andrade there. Uh, and then- by the way, we haven't had a chance to talk about absolutely love where Andrade is right now as the U.S. champion. Um, I was getting a little scared there for a minute when they were like teasing a breakup with him and Zelina Vega. Ooh, I didn't yeah. I didn't understand that. That is totally... You know, we talk about the disconnect between NXT and main roster. 
I know Triple H doesn't like that term, but I'm going to use it for lack of a better one. Um, you know, anyone who followed Andrade in NXT knows he was dying on the vine, man, until they added Zelina Vega to the act. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can almost hear it in the writer's room. It's like, well, you know, people know Andrade and Charlotte are together and Zelina and Alex. There's never been a romantic part of that act between Andrade and Zelina. It was always hyped as business. Mm-hmm. So I'm very glad that they're sticking together. Very glad that Andrade is the U.S. champion. Love Andrade. And he will win on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. That's an easy what, in what I, In what I assume will be a pre-show match. Yeah. Uh, and then we have the recently returned... Seamus taking on your boy, Kyle, Shorty G. Did you see that new t-shirt they released for him, by the way? I missed that. Oh, gosh. It's bad. I'm looking up a picture right now so I can show you. While I look that up, what do you think about this match? I kind of want you to go first, actually, because I want (laughs) to... I think I know what you're going to say, and I want to piggyback off of it. Okay. So, the shirt everyone was talking about, it says... There's like a G in the middle, and it says, Rise Oversize. That's bad. You you can't walk (laughs) around town with a shirt that says, Rise Oversize. (laughs) I mean, you can. I just wouldn't recommend it. I'd be very uncomfortable. Yeah. So, yeah, you can check that out on WWE Shop. Rise Oversize. How does that get through quality control? Well, I don't know. I'm sure Jordan Miles would have a few comments on that, but that's a different story. <laughs> that's true. Design. That merchandise department has at least a little to be desired. That is for sure. Uh, yeah. So, what do I think about this match? Well, I mean, I think Sheamus is going to win. He's off of his return here. Uh, I love Chad Gable as a performer, as a wrestler. I don't like the character they've given him. I'm I've still not warmed up to this whatsoever. Um. So I'm just gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Sheamus. Um, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if Shorty G, you know, kind of pulled out a a surprise victory or something like that. But I feel like with but the guy, the old type win. Yeah, but I, I feel like with Sheamus coming back fresh, you give him the win here. Would you be upset if Sheamus won? No. Okay. Then all right. I guess I didn't need you to go for it because I was kind of. Uh, I was I was wondering what direction you're going. Um, you're kind of in line with me. Uh, Pro Wrestling Booking 101, you know, we're both kind of old school guys, uh, says exactly what you just said. <laughs> you don't spend weeks hyping a guy's return with vignettes to have him lose the first time out. Right. Now, if there was ever a promotion where that might happen, it would certainly be WWE in the year 2020. <laughs> but I'm with you. I just... Don't see it happening. And I'm going to make a comment that could anger some. Apparently not you. Maybe uh, some of the listeners. I'm sorry, listeners. Call him Shorty G. Call him Chad Gable. Call him Susan, for all I care. I have never been one of these people who think that he could be a top-of-the-card guy. Even if he was top-of-the-card either. No. I think, okay. I think like, with Andrade, like what you're saying, you love Andrade as the U.S. champion. I mean, there's there's the Chad Gable role too. Yeah, but Andrade's got a way higher ceiling than. No, 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 no. I I agree. I think he'll he'll progress past that eventually. But where he's at now, I think that's kind of like the ceiling for Gable, yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah. I could never see uh, your boy Shorty G ever being more than a secondary champion. So what I'm interested, I guess, is what they have planned for Sheamus. Um, you know, at, I think at his, I know there's some Sheamus fatigue. 
certainly was. He's been around for a while. I think at his height, he was a great upper mid card wrestler. Yeah. Um, but you know, ultimately I think you give him some wins. I don't know if I like this whole character. Oh, everyone's soft again. I feel like we, there's a lot of people who say that, you know, yeah. like Drew McIntyre. Didn't we just go through that character with him as a heel? He came back. Oh, the, I'm back because this locker room has gone soft. <laughs> You know, I, I just feel that we're, we've just got a lot of people saying that. And Finn Balor's kind of doing a similar thing down at NXT. Um, but ultimately, the goal is you get Sheamus over a little bit, and then he puts somebody over uh, in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Who that is, I don't know. But, um, you know, I'd love to see him work with his buddies uh, McIntyre and Cesaro down the line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd, be love, fun. I'd love a McIntyre feud. Yeah. So, yeah, but Sheamus wins. And this also, I anticipate, will be on the pre-show. Yes. Okay, so then we get to the SmackDown women's title match, and we got Bailey defending against the recently baby-faced Lacey Evans. Uh, we haven't really talked about this on the show, but Kyle, what have you thought of the baby-faced turn for Lacey Evans? It's not a bad idea, but man, I know I harp on this a lot on the show whenever we talk about Lacey Evans. It definitely wasn't linear booking with her. Her... Um, getting again, I, I know you hate this term, Paul, but I'm going to mention use again main roster. You know, if they wanted her to be a star, I, I just I don't get the concept of putting her in a world title feud over on Raw. It was I know with Becky Lynch and just having her lose. But I, I just think that kind of handicapped her a little bit. Now I'll give a tip of the cap. I think she's doing well now. She's actually outperforming what my expectations because especially because it was what I like to call a soft baby face turn. Yeah. In the sense that it's like you're watching the show. It's like, wait, is Lacey Evans a baby face now? You know, and they do that a lot where these people, they turn baby face and heel. And it's like, they don't do anything explicit necessarily to signify the turn. Yeah. It's just kind of like they're victimized by something else and they just become a de facto baby face or de facto heel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, considering that, you know, the way she was brought in initially, I, I kind of thought she was behind the eight ball. Um, and she's done a good job. This is the only title match on the show where I could see a change just because of the fact that I don't think the other two have any chance. Yeah. No, I would agree. I don't think it's going to happen. But if I had to pick a match where it was possible, it'd be this one for sure. Um, but no, I, I don't see Bailey losing here, but, uh, yeah, Lacey Evans, when you think about since she got called up last year, she's found herself in the title picture an awful lot. So, you know, well, they're obviously behind her. Yeah. You know, she, she's obviously someone that they're not going to allow to fall beyond a certain level. You know, she's, she'll be quote unquote protected. Yeah. And you, and you need to have people like that. You, you, you need to know who your horses are. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't have a problem with it. Like I've said this on the program a million times. I don't care who WWE picks to be, you know, it's top folks. Just pick some people and stick with it for God's sake. Yeah. And push them like stars. So, um, you know, we'll talk, talk about this obviously momentarily. Are you convinced that the winner of the women's rumble is going to be Becky Lynch's challenger for mania? Uh, I am based on who I'm picking. Okay. So I I think that's the kind of the tricky part then too. I I agree with you for the record. 
on what you just said. So that's kind of the tricky part in picking this match is I really have no idea then what they do for the SmackDown women's title. Yeah, true. And, you know, if Bailey were to drop it, where does that leave her and Sasha? Uh, you know, so I, I, it's really hard. I don't want to like cop out here, but, um, you know, having no idea where they would go for WrestleMania. I mean, none whatsoever. I mean, I can't come up with anything. Uh, Bailey and hard. Alexa Bliss. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know. I could see it just oh. based on heel baby face dynamic. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's it. I don't know if that's the thing. So, I, can't you see him working like a tag team feud with eh, Sasha no, and Nikki involved? Kind of, but I'll be honest with you. I think Lacey Evans is going to be in that match, whether it's the champion or the, is the champion or the challenger. Yeah, you could be right. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna pick Lacey here because I think eventually she's going to be in that position. Okay. All right, and that brings us to a few that. Seems like it began in 1967. Roman Reigns and King Corbin. They've been wrestling a long time, guys. Uh, Hey, I thought you wanted long feuds. (laughs) I do, but uh, I'm ready for this one to be over. Uh, It's the Falls Count Anywhere match. Okay, so I'm picking Reigns here, hoping it's over. Uh, This one will tell the story a little bit about what's going to happen in the Men's Rumble because... Roman Reigns has been the odds-on favorite to win the Men's Rumble for a while now. So working a match like this where you could take some hard falls earlier in the show, uh, they have a a chance to paint an interesting picture here on how they bring Roman Reigns into that Men's Rumble. Do they do do the whole whole, uh, Clyde Frazier thing? Right where he's coming in and he's hurt, but he wins it anyways, or he does good anyways. The crowd cheers him on as he limps down the aisle. Or uh, or Bret Hart in nineteen ninety four for you non nineteen seventy New York Knicks fans. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, hey, I gotta I gotta throw it out to New York. I think New York is our number one most downloaded state. By the way, I was gonna I was gonna do that earlier and I forgot to do that. I was gonna call out where the show is getting downloaded the most because my eyes have been opened a little bit. It's kind of interesting to look at those stats. I can drill it down on our Podbean account and see where we're most popular. And as of the last 30 days, Kyle, it mm-hmm. is uh, New York, New Jersey, uh, Ohio, Oregon, Iowa, Arkansas. That's what's coming up at the top of my list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So huh? sometimes, usually California is up there. I don't know what's happening this uh this month with california but uh not in the top six or whatever i read off there but uh yeah no i don't i don't know i think i'm i feel like i want to pick reigns but i could also see the brett dynamic where like corbin wins like owen did and then yeah reigns wins the rumble and then corbin's pissed well, no, yeah, they did an injury angle. Yeah, this is going to be a total angle alert for the Rumble. Yeah, uh, I I expect them to do something, whether Reigns wins and he's attacked post-match or if he loses, I expect them to do something that puts some heat on Roman in, you know, in an attempt to get him over as a babyface for that Rumble win. I do not think this feud is going to end at this show. I could see it being blown off. Um at either is there an elimination chamber and a fast? There's also a Saudi Arabia show, by the way, yeah, coming up. Mm-hmm. So there's there's too many shows, I think, between this and Mania to blow it off here. 
Um, I just smell an angle alert because it's false count anywhere. You have to have a winner. It's not like you can just do a, a cheap DQ where uh, Corbin like, you know, attacks his knee with a chair and that's it. There has to be a win. And I think because of that stipulation, I think it's going to be a BS finish. I'm going to pick King Corbin to win here. And then Roman potentially to get his heat back by throwing Corbin out in the rumble. Man, this feud continuing is going to make me depressed. I'm sorry. I've warmed up to Corbin, but man, I want this one to be over. We'll see. It's okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, I get it. It's, it's not setting the world on fire. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. Um, I don't think they have a fast lane this year. Okay. Do they? Um, because we've got Saudi Arabia, which I think is happening in place of Fastlane. And then we got Elimination okay, Chamber March eighth. And uh, you know, we got the NXT events in there too, but then yeah, and then Mania. So Okay. That, that was good. You know, once I remembered the Saudi show, uh I was like, Man, that's a lot of events. But still, I think even with you know, two shows, I, I can see the blow off, you know, Corbin doing something to get Roman to put his Maybe a title shot on the line. Hope I'm not tipping my rumble pick here, but uh, you know, and, and that being the blow off. Yeah. So okay, Becky defend against Asuka. I've liked this feud. I've liked to see uh, Asuka elevated in recent months. I've, I've often felt like Asuka hasn't been used used the best on the main roster over the last uh, couple of years. But this is one I've enjoyed. This feud. Um, I do think, and we've talked about this on the show in the past. You know, Becky's had a great year. We talked about this on our year-end uh, awards show. Kind of argued about it a little bit, I think, with Justin. I mean, she's had the year, you know, main eventing WrestleMania, winning the title, women in the headline spot. But she hasn't really had, like, the great matches. And uh, I do think this one, if I look at this card, I feel like this should be the match of the night. What do you think about that? Yeah, maybe. In terms of the non-rumble matches yeah and even you know i mean rumbles tend to you know in terms of quality tend to fall into a pretty tight window with some notable exceptions so you know this is whether they were really just holding off to do this on the one year anniversary of oscar beating becky lynch you know at the rumble last year mm-hmm. or they just kind of remembered it and wanted to do it whatever it's the right call and this match is being done, obviously, to have Becky Lynch, quote, get that win back. You know, sometimes that can be an annoying booking trope. Not here. It's the right call. This is not, you know, your boy Hulk Hogan, you know, bringing the warrior in for that Halloween Havoc 98 fiasco. Okay, this is a oh, logical, yeah. logical booking decision. Um, I do agree with you. Becky seems a little reinvigorated in this feud. Seems like she's got a little something to work with. Uh, and, yeah, it should be very good. All right, and then the only other singles match on the show is Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan for the Universal title. Now, someone that hasn't been invigorated of late is Bray Wyatt. I feel like The Fiend has lost a lot of momentum, at least yep. to me. I don't th- yeah, I'll be honest with you. I don't think he ever regained the lost steam from that Hell in a Cell disaster. Oh, I know he God. wound up yeah. I, I know he wound up winning the title a couple weeks later. I I think that killed the thing dead. I think uh, yeah, we talked, we, we raged on that one, guys. That's another one you can check out on Patreon. We did a post show of Hell in a Cell, and 
I think Kyle and myself spent like 20 minutes at least talking about yeah. that match. And yeah. Now, now that's the pooch. Yeah. Now that said, it's not like presentation um, and character work has been off the charts. You can't put it all. Uh, while I think that was one of the stupidest booking decisions I've seen in recent memory and really did hurt the growth of the character, it, it does kind of feel like we're at 1459 yeah. with the gimmick almost, which is, it's kind of shocking how quick that happened. And again, you go back, what did we say about why that, a, a big reason why that gimmick was getting over was not on TV a lot. Yes. Again, we're starting to see again, this is so different from past eras in wrestling being on TV all the time, week after week. It's just, it hurts you. It hurt. It, there are very few performers in this industry who are able to stay fresh, just hot over on a weekly basis. Um, in this era and, and and with the fiend, I just feel that, you know, the more you see it, the less special it is. Uh, I think the firefly Funhouse part of the program is way outlived its usefulness. And, um, unfortunately though, I think he's going to win. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you next. Do you think there's any chance of Brian winning? And I, I think there could be a chance, but I don't see it happening. I, uh, I would agree with yeah. you. He would retain here, but, I think we even talked about this on the podcast at one point that it was gonna be it was gonna tell the true story, whether or not Wyatt could keep this momentum going. Because yeah, we talked about not being on TV very much. You know, it's the whole thing is based on the character. Can he keep the character's momentum going? It's not based on having great matches or anything like that. And when it starts to get old, what do you do? And I agree, the Firefly Funhouse has been the uh, least impressive thing about it so in this last couple of weeks at least it's just i feel like when i watch smackdown the live crowd like doesn't react at all to that anymore no i just feel like it's kind of become just repetitive and it's you just know what you're gonna get and it's just it's it's not particularly interesting and unfortunately that was the problem with bray's initial character where the promos just became repetitive yeah so you know they're pushing them harder but and you know and stuff like with the red and uh, you know again and going back to not winning the hell in the cell just didn't help. Yeah, yeah, it's it's surprising to me that the red light thing they've kept going with, considering the criticism. But mm, okay. yeah, okay. So on to the rumbles. So last year the women's rumble main evented. So I got to think the men's will this year. So with the women's rumble. As of today, there are only five names announced out of 30. <laughs> yeah. Those five are Charlotte, Alexa, Nikki Cross, Sarah Logan, and Natalia. So, spoiler alert, I'm choosing somebody whose name is not on that list. I don't know if you are, Kyle. Yep, I am choosing someone else. So, wrote about this in the preview article over on comicbook.com today. And that's Shayna Baszler. Is that who you're picking? No. Okay, well, that's my pick, Shayna Baszler. I think Shayna Baszler comes in, wins the Rumble, goes after Becky Lynch, and they do the tie-in with Ronda Rousey and everything. We talked last year about how you know, that was something they could have done right after Rousey left and brought Baszler up to the main roster. 
I think they do it here a year later. I would not be against that. I certainly know that that was a working plan. I would not be surprised if it happened. I'm going to go a little more outside the box, though. I'm going to go with Ronda Rousey. Ooh, okay. I'm going to call for her to return. I just feel that with the way they... Well, I, there's no way to put a number on the percentage of people who quote-unquote know Shayna's getting called up and winning here. I feel that, you know, in for WWE, the way they book, they're like, oh, a lot of people are expecting that. And I think they kind of want you to expect that, and, they're, and then they're just going to go bigger. I, and look, Shayna Baszler's great. I have been a huge fan of hers. Since basically she debuted in NXT. I thought she was absolutely tremendous. One of my favorite people to watch. Men or women. uh, In the entire WWE universe. I just. I don't know if having. An NXT person. And remember that's. We talk about this all the time. A third of the people. That watch Raw and SmackDown watch NXT. So that's two thirds of your audience. And I know they had her at Survivor Series. In that key position, they close the show, uh, which again I think is what got a lot of people to believe it's going to be Shane in the spot. And it very well could be. I, you know, I took a shower before we went started recording, and I was thinking, all right, who are my picks going to be? I thought Shana, and then I was like, you know what? I could see them bringing Ronda back in this spot and doing Becky Ronda at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, definitely could see that. They never had the singles match, so. Yeah, I don't know. I could be wrong. It could be a pipe dream. It could be real stupid, but um, I don't know. I, I think if I'm Vince McMahon, that is what I want. Whether it's possible, I don't know what Ronda's situation is. I don't know, but that is what I would want to do. Okay. If I was given with if if you know I'm sitting with a critique and like let's put all the options on the table. What do we want? What is our number one scenario? To me, my number one scenario would be Ronda Rousey returning and winning the Rumble. Well, I, I got to say, I'm pretty intrigued by the possibility. So yeah. it's going to bring uh, some it, excitement watching the match. It, well, okay, let's talk about something you mentioned. It is insane that they have five names announced for this. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and, and that's the thing, too. If Ronda doesn't come back, I'm a little scared for this match, Ryan Drosty. Because, all right, two years ago... The first women's rumble I thought was great. I'll be honest with you. Probably better than almost two-thirds of the men's rumbles that have ever happened. I mean, that's how good I thought that was. Wow. That is high I mean, praise. I, yeah, I wouldn't say it's like, I mean, so what, there's been 32 men's rumbles? Yeah. It, it would not be in the top 10, but it would be like on the outskirts of it. Like, you know, I think I counted maybe like 12 or 13. Like, so it, it was very good. Last year's would probably be the bottom 10 of all rumbles that happened. I thought last year's was bad. Yeah, I I was very critical of it on her post-show. Yes, and, 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 you, and you were right to be, quite frankly. Um, it was a below-average rumble. It was, it, was, it was honestly kind of a bad rumble. So, man, I mean, they're, they're really going to have to rely on surprises. And, look, the NXT women's division is deep. That was proven with that battle royal they had on TV uh, two weeks ago. There's a lot of big names, but, again— you know, a third, close to half of this field are people are, are are folks that you know 
a large portion of your audience isn't that familiar with, that's not good. We, we Folks, tune into our top, sign up, listen to the Top Rope Nation Classic when we talked about 1990. Like, there there was no like, oh, who's this person? Oh, I forgot this person existed in WWE. And, and that was one of the strengths of that match. In the end of the day, this is a battle royal. It's not a work rate match. The success of Royal Rumbles, more often than not, are determined by star power and getting a lot of p- people in there who you think might win. And this one's already failed in that. Surprises are great. To me, supr- but you, to me, you only need to do surprises if your booking hasn't been great. Yeah. And so I, I could go on and on about surprises, but um and, and obviously I'm I'm advocating a surprise, but I'm doing so because I'm looking at, you know, the five people announced. Um really only sh- of those five, Charlotte could win. And I, I just don't think there's an intriguing option for Raw or SmackDown to win. Yeah, I was going to mention that when we talked about the Patreon show earlier, that that was 1990, one of the most star-studded rumbles of all time. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't understand the reason, like, why you would only announce five people. It just makes no sense. There's so many it, people it, that are going to be in this match that they surely could have announced. I yeah, know. I mean, it's funny. You know, we were joking a few weeks ago, you know, hopefully all 30, we have 30 names announced for the Rumble. Well, we didn't mean for 25 male and five women. Yeah, when we said that, you know, we, we were hoping all thirty for one of the matches. I just, mm, if they don't have a something in their back pocket like a Ronda, I, I am very concerned for this match in front of the live crowd. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump to the men's match. Uh, the men's match, as you just said, has twenty five names announced, and that does not include Cain Velasquez, who said in an interview he was going to be in the Rumble. So maybe he spoiled a surprise there, but. Uh, if you count that, you're up to 26. It gives you four surprise spots. Uh, you got to assume some NXT guys are going to be in this match. Uh, so there's not a lot of wiggle room. I know everyone out there on the internets is looking for CM Punk to make the surprise return. Uh, what do you think, Kyle? Any chance whatsoever of that happening? Not the place to do it. Unless if they have a potential mania opponent that he's going to do something with. And I'll be honest with you. Is the CM Punk return, you know, we we talked about his comments towards the Miz, how they were just off base, and he has not changed any culture I'm aware of with his appearances on backstage. I mean, my God. Well, I, mean, I, I like I seeing him on the show, but it, it comes across like he doesn't really watch the product. <laughs> no, it's just, it's very bland analysis. It's not good, really. I don't know what else to say. So, I mean, it, I know people want to see him back. I would like to see him back in capacity. I just don't think this is the right spot to do it. Right. And also we're talking about the women's, whether you think it's Shayna Baszler, whether you think it's the pie in the sky, Ronda Rousey, that's an unannounced person winning. Now, granted the odds of an unannounced person winning the women's rumble are very high when you only have five announced people, but I don't see them doing, um, unannounced winners for both matches. I don't see that. Yeah, Sam. So if you look at, like, supposedly what's been the plan for Mania, everyone's talked about a Cain Velasquez-Brock Lesnar match. So 
does that mean Velasquez wins the Rumble or does it mean he eliminates Brock? Now, I got to think it means he eliminates Brock, personally. Um, do, do you imagine Cain Velasquez actually winning this thing? No. So, okay. Well, big picture on the Royal Rumble here, and then we'll get into our picks for the match. The success of this pay-per-view, obviously, as it always is, will be tied into who wins the Rumbles and how much interest. And then subsequently, you know, this is a moving thing. You know, for me, I I never think evaluation of a pay-per-view is over um, that day. I, I always go back and, and reevaluate things. So the winners of the Rumble and how much um, excitement their win generates as we move closer and closer to Mania. Okay? that That's obviously the biggest factor. Um, there's, you know, match quality is a lesser thing. Some of the surprises are a little lesser. But then the other thing is... Who is the person who's going to come out and eventually and eliminate Brock Lesnar? Because I think we're all in agreement on the internet that this whole Lesnar coming in number one is to set up him being eliminated by his eventual mania opponent. I do not think it would then make sense to have that same person win the Rumble because you know um, Brock is probably not going to be out there for 40 minutes. Yeah, God, I hope not so, for his health. Yeah, so that person is probably going to come out, you know, between 10 and 15, maybe, the person who eliminates them. Yeah. And so what you do is and, – and, you know, this is something we talked about again on the on the Patreon show, I, and I think I mentioned it too here on the normal show. I liked the Rumble when it was segmented better back in the days of Pat Patterson. Uh-huh. When he – and – the, the opening segment what's going to carry the first half of this match is the Brock storyline. Who throws him out? Um, whoever does, it's going to be interesting how they then, if that person doesn't win the Rumble, assuming they don't, how do they get rid of that person? Does Brock come back and kind of cost him? And then there's your Mania match. Uh, probably that's what happens. But I, I think it should – the person who throws Brock out does not need to win the Rumble. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, I agree. Because, because you know, I think you can kind of create both world title matches then from this one rumble, right? If yeah. you do it the other way, complete agreement. Yeah, that's kind of right in line with what I said in the <laughs> uh, the preview article we wrote at Comic Book because we had a question that was basically like the over under how long is Brock going to be in the rumble, and I said probably twenty minutes tops, right around there, twenty twenty five minutes. So yeah, if the person comes out ten to fifteen, they'd be right in there. So. We yeah uh, we shall see but uh, I agree. Do we think it's going to be Kane Velasquez then who's throwing him out? I think I think so, but if I'm WWE, I'd probably pull an audible. If that was the plan, I'd change gears. I I don't like that as a WrestleMania match. But you know if you if you read the newsletters and you re- read the rumors, you know that is that's what they've been going with. So uh, okay. I I personally. Would rather see Brock wrestle Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, I said that. Um, Alistair Black is a name that Paul Heyman, I know in the fall, was pushing for to yeah. be in that spot yeah. to, to work Brock at Mania. I know that for a fact. And those would be interesting choices. Uh, if it is Kane, man, they're going to have to do some serious whitewashing or retconning to explain what happened to Crown Jewel. Right. Because... The match happened. I watched it. It kind of had an intriguing feel to it while it was going on. You know, it kind of had this element of realism to it, which is what they were looking for, I'm sure. But having this guy 
who was your big babyface debut on your network television, uh, first network television show on Fox, just come out and lose in two and a half minutes. Yeah. And I'm still supposed to, like, care about that guy? I'm sorry. I'm, again, I'm old school. I really kind of like you couldn't have done anything worse for Kane Velasquez as a babyface character than what they did. And I know his knee was fucked up, but I mean, are they going to make that the big deal? Well, you know, when he came in, his knee was screwed up. Well, then from a kayfabe perspective, why would he debut when his knee screwed up? <laughs> you know, yeah. like if I'm Kane Velasquez, why am I making my W again? This is, you know, being Captain Kayfabe, but if I'm Kane Velasquez, the person, not the character, but if I'm, why would I join the WWE with a knee injury? Right. You know, that makes, other than the fact that they needed to do something impactful or what they thought would be impactful for the Fox debut. Yeah. And that, that was the plan. Um, and I know that there were some folks who were a little surprised by the extent of that knee injury, by the way, Ryan Trost, <laughs> as far, as far, as far up as the very top, Oh, as far up as the very top false bag of goods was a term that was used. The, the tops of WWE or Fox WWE. Oh, okay. Interesting. False bag of goods. Well, uh, that's the case. It's hard to imagine they haven't called it audible. Well, I mean, if Kane Velasquez is in it, he's got to be the guy. I mean, you can throw him out again. I mean, just for God's sake, just fire the guy then. Kane <laughs> I mean, you, you can't have Kane Velasquez be in the Rumble and not be the guy to throw out Brock. If he comes out, he's going to be the guy to throw him out. Yeah. So um, if he said he's going to be in it, we'll take him at. Word, you know, because he and by the way, he, here's another thing. He's another guy that they're they're not going to leave him out there for 30 minutes. Oh, God. Yeah. You would think you, so. I mean, you, 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 I mean, look, I've seen his work at Triple A. I, I was impressed for the record. OK, as much as, you know, maybe it sounded like I was bad mouthing the guy. I saw his work down in Triple A. It was very impressive. WWE had every reason to want to bring him in, uh, given the, the backstory with Lesnar. Um but he, I don't think you can leave him out there, even in a battle royal, for 30 minutes. So, to me, Kane tosses Brock and Roman Reigns wins the Rumble. All right. So, then we're getting Roman and The Fiend at Mania and Roman taking the title, we would assume. Yeah, and that isn't really all that inspiring either, quite it frankly. It is not. But, as you know, as The Fiend has been floundering in recent weeks, I don't know. Maybe the fans actually get behind that Roman Reigns championship victory. Yeah, <laughs> fool me once, fool me twice, fool me three times. <laughs> Vince, you know, I think we're on about the sixth time with this, Vince. It, I gotta say, you know, it seems like it seems like Roman has been there, like in the key points of the Rumble a lot. He's actually only won the Rumble once, 2015. Um, yep, he doesn't worst Rumble all time. And by the way, people, first of all, I don't know many more podcasts that are more fair to Roman Reigns than this one, yeah. more objective, have correctly pointed out how he's been done wrong by the promotion yes. that purports to believe he's the number one star. But let me tell you something right now, Ryan, you want another factoid from the top. There's only been one Royal Rumble in history where Vince McMahon apologized to his creative team, and it was 2015. <laughs> 
the Roman year. Uh, yeah. Romans said, finished the runner-up three times. Yeah, said you guys were right. That was uh, not the right move. <laughs> well, at least he acknowledged <laughs> it. Yeah, that was that was the wrong move. Yep, it absolutely. Yeah, Vince was like, yeah, I done fucked up. Vince <laughs> doesn't say that a lot, but he did in 2015 Rumble. That's how bad that was. Well, he was absolutely right about that. Yeah. So yeah, Roman he's he has the record for most times runner-up three times. Won the Rumble once. I'm going with Roman Reigns as well. It just makes sense to me that a SmackDown guy would win this Rumble. Yeah. Because you could make the Raw match, obviously, earlier with whoever throws out Brock. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And and if you have somebody throw out Brock and not and they're not the winner... Or, pardon me, you, you can't have Kane throw out Brock and have another Raw guy win, I don't think. Right? Like, right. logistically, yeah. because that, the, the Raw guy is going to, well, I want to wrestle Brock. And then Kane, you know, that just would be a, yeah, make no sense. Yeah. All right, so that's the Royal Rumble Sunday night. See how our picks line up. Check it out at WrestleRumble.com. You can win money on your picks. If you think you know it better than us, and hell, maybe you do, Win some money by doing so with WrestleRumble.com. Uh, Kyle, we're going to talk Worlds Collide too. I am totally losing my voice here, though. I don't know how much I can, how much I can do on that. Uh, I I got to say, Saturday night is going to be a hell of a show. You got six matches advertised, including the big Undisputed Era Imperium match, the main event. Um, that's what closed the show on NXT, as we talked about Wednesday night. Um, the Balor match, I'm sure Justin would rule over that one, maybe. But, I know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be great when Dragunov teaches Balor how to wrestle, too. It's going <laughs> to be unbelievable. Checking my phone. I have not heard from Justin tonight, so okay. hopefully he's made it safely to New Orleans. But, uh, yeah, Tony Storm and, and Ripley, you know, that match would have more intrigue if Tony Storm had won the women's title over in the U.K. But uh, I think fans will still be into that one, obviously. But you do have Kaylee Ray on the show. Uh, wrestling Mia Yim. So the UK women's champion will be there. And then, of course, you got D, uh, DIY reuniting, taking on Mustache Mountain should be a hell of a match. And uh, the Fatal 4-Way for the Cruiserweight title. Garza, Swerve, Devlin, and Banks should tear the house down. So I am really looking forward to Saturday night as well. Yeah, um, you know, you don't need us to tell you that every match here could be good. In ring, uh, I, I think though the one question I have is, will anything matter moving forward that happens on this show? Uh, or, or I mean, uh, look, I mean, I'm never going to turn down the opportunity to watch two hours of good wrestling. Well, you I mean, know, should... I'd, I'd like to see a singles match with Cole and Walter Mania weekend. So I guess for me, that's what I hope. Okay, the comes out. Maybe may, okay, maybe they do. I don't know. Um. So I mean that that's I guess the big key. We talked about, you know, what how how the rumble will ultimately be evaluated with this show. It's more about just having good matches, I guess, but also for me, I'm you know, is anything that happens on this show gonna have a long term impact? And I'm really outside of that, you know, unless if they are going in that direction with like a Cole Walter one on one match, I, I don't know if there is. You know, I mean, you would assume Balor's just going to win to continue his momentum for the Gargano match in Portland. 
Uh, I don't think you're taking the title off Rhea Ripley. No. Uh, the cruiserweight match, you know, that just kind of exists in its own universe. Um, and then what it was, the, and then, you know, DIY mustache mountain, you know, be very good. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, and I guess, you know, I don't know if this is the way I wanted to see, you know, just a generic, he saved me from undisputed era. You know, I think there was a better story to be told, quite frankly, with Gargano and Ciampa reuniting, but oh well. Yeah, probably. You're probably right there. But everyone's going to be pumped to see it, so it'll it'll be a good show. It's, yeah, you're right. It's it's one of those kind of standalone shows. It's going to have a ton of really good matches, but long-term-wise, how much will it mean? Probably very little. But and if you're the other for great too, wrestling, watch the show. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing, too, is that according to Meltzer, at least in last week's observer, the advance for this was not great. Oh, wow. That's surprising. You think about how many people are in town for the Rumble, and this is at the Toyota Center, so it's just a fraction of the attendance. Yeah, it was not doing takeover like uh, numbers, I can tell you that. Wow. At least if you accord to him, I don't, you know, I have not spoken to anyone from the Toyota Center today. I, you know, I usually speak to James Harden on Fridays. (laughs) All right, Kyle. So we got one thing left. It's the deep dive of the week. You got one for us this week? Oh, I got 10 for you. Oh, man. <laughs> just sit back. I know your voice is hurting, buddy. I'll I'll just Take blabber. Us home. Take us home, blabber just, Hey, it's Royal Rumble week. You know, we talked about, you know, patrons got to see my Survivor Series list. Um, I'm just going to do this for everybody. Royal Rumble, top 10 Royal Rumble matches of all time. These dives are not very deep, but these are what I believe are the 10 best matches ever to occur on a Royal Rumble pay-per-view. You ready? I'm ready. Got your pen and paper out. Let's Number 10 is my second favorite Rumble match ever, 2008 Royal Rumble, won by John Cena, greatest surprise in Rumble history. Number nine, uh, a match we're going to see actually on Sunday. Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt. They wrestled in 2014 uh, as Daniel Bryan was set to take off. If you remember that uh, that fake joining the Wyatt. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, so that's number nine. That's from 2014 again. Uh, number eight, let's go old school. Rockers versus New Orient Express, 1991. This is a very good tag match from that era of WWF. Of course, the New Orient Express uh, was the former bad company, the Rockers' old rivals in AWA, so no surprise that that match was tremendous. Number seven, uh, Chris Redacted challenging Kurt Angle. Uh, for the WWE title in 2003. Four through six, you can put them in any order, in my opinion. Uh, won't offend me. It's really close. I'm going to go this order, though. Uh, number six, uh, Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, John Cena, 2015. Triple threat, one of the best triple threat matches in company history. Uh, number five would be the Chris Redacted, Chris Jericho ladder match from 2001, a tremendous one-on-one ladder match. Number four, Cena AJ from 2017. Number three, Triple H Cactus Jack, Street Fight 2000. Number two, John Cena Umaga from 2007. What a fucking match this is. Um, Just this is where I turn the corner on John Cena. It's funny, a lot of people talk about how the, Triple H Foley match is where Triple H really turned a corner. 
I think it's kind of the same thing for me with Cena in that Umaga match where I just watched. I was like, dude, how good was that match? Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was like a lot of people, very skeptical. Oh, five, oh, six of Super Cena. Man, he turned a corner and never looked back with that match. Um, and the number one, obviously, uh, the 1992 Royal Rumble. Uh, it is quite simply one of the greatest matches in the history of this promotion. Uh, a master class in booking featuring uh Ric Flair's one of his finest hours in his career. And yes, I have watched virtually everything he did in Jim Crockett promotions. And of course, one of the finest hours in Bobby Heenan's commentating career as well. So that's your top 10. Wow. That is a good list. I I can't say looking through it, I was actually was writing it down as he said it. Um, I can't say I disagree with any of those picks. Um, A sleeper pick that's not on there. That's a match I really like is the HBK Genetti match from 93. That's a good one. Uh, that is really good. It never got the respect it deserved, even at the time. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, no, I agree. But I always liked that one a lot. Um, yeah. I I remember I was really excited for the Brett Razor match on that show, and it's an okay match, but it's not great. Um, yeah, Sean and Janetti. That's that's the best match on that particular show. Yeah, well, Janetti got like fired right after it. I don't know why. I can't. I always get like why Marty was fired. Because it happened so much. Yeah, it happened so much. <laughs> but, like, that was, like, the – I feel like the first Shaw match that was, you know, that set the tone for his 93 is the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. You know, a lot of the near, the near falls and whatnot. Yeah, it's a really it's a really good match, you know. Um, I thought they had two better ones later in the year. Uh, but, you know, those two always had great chemistry. I always would love when, like, Janetti, you know, he's just, like – just a just a guy coming down, cashing a paycheck in <laughs> rumbles after that. And like he would go right for Sean and the crowd would always pop huge. Yeah. It happened in like both ninety four and ninety six. And like it's just like the magic's still there. Yep. Oh yeah. All right. Well, buddy, it should be fun Sunday night. I'm sure we'll be texting. Uh, yep. We'll be talking about the fallout next week on the program. Hope you guys can all join us again. I know most of you still just listen to the podcast version. It's more convenient. But if you ever want to join us live as we record and get involved in the show, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Top Rope Nation, or uh, follow us on Facebook, Top Rope Nation Pod on Facebook. And, of course, we always tweet out the links right before we go live on our Twitter page. That's at Top Rope Nation. So, Good weekend on deck for pro wrestling fans. Enjoy it. This has been episode 126 of Top Rope Nation. We'll catch you guys next week.